0: So let's start with the story, and then we can talk about the details of her judging favorably. So I'm going to share with you a story that I recently read from a, a lecturer in Jerusalem. And she used to be a Hindu student, and she went to uh, India for her college years. And before she left to college, her friends told her, just don't forget that you're American, they're Indian. And don't try to make them American, okay? Don't try to change them and don't try to, you know, don't buy them things and don't just leave them the way they are. They have their culture, you have your culture, and just understand those differences. Okay, her school had a, like they stayed in some sort of hotel for women and, you know, they had servants who would serve them and, you know, take care of them, bring them their food and bring them their, you know, whatever they wash their clothes, et cetera. And they paid, that was part of the service of the, Okay. This young girl who was serving her, she realized that one day she walked into her room and the servant was limping. So she asked her, why are you limping? So she showed her, like all Indians in that province, uh, in that area, were walking barefoot. She was walking barefoot and had this huge gash in her foot, in the bottom of her foot. So she said, that's crazy. You can't walk around like this. She took her to a doctor uh, immediately. And the doctor says if she doesn't get a a pair of shoes, if she's going to continue walking like this, she'll be infected. It'll be infected very severely, and she's never going to be able to walk again. So what does she do? She put her American cap on, and she quickly goes to the store and buys her pair of shoes. Exactly what she was told not to do. So she goes and buys her pair of shoes. And then... She, you know, tells her, you know, this, you know, whatever it was, she didn't have a lot of money. She was a student. She has a little stipend. She used her stipend to buy her these shoes. So she says to her, listen, you have to wear these shoes every day. Okay, Did you hear me? Every day, you have to wear these shoes. Okay. This young girl didn't talk a lot. You know, she worked hard, didn't talk a lot. Okay. The next day, she comes to the room, and she's not wearing the shoes. She says, what's the matter? I, I thought I said that you should wear these every day. So she picks up her feet and she shows her that she has these huge blisters. And she realized, one second, if she doesn't have shoes, she certainly doesn't have socks. I better go buy her socks. So she went, ran out, and bought her socks. Bought her two pairs of socks. And sure enough, the next day she didn't show up. And a few days later, she sees her from afar and she sees she's walking barefoot. And she becomes irate. She's being taken advantage of. She just got a pair of shoes out of her, a pair of shoes she can't afford, and she got very upset. Having last week spoken about finding favor in other people, okay, meaning judging people favorably, what is your analysis to this story? But let me tell you what actually happened, okay? This woman saw... This young college student saw the mother of this girl. And she runs over to the mother and she says to her, I don't understand your daughter. What's wrong with her? I bought her these shoes and I still see her not wearing them. She's wearing her. She's going barefoot. So the mother says to her, she says, don't you understand? These are the only pair of shoes she will have her entire life. Shouldn't she save it? For special occasions. <laughs> oh my god. Okay? That's the true story of exactly, which really is a collaboration of what everyone was thinking. But that's the way we need to start thinking about before we about other people before we judge them. The Torah commands us, okay? The Torah commands us. I'm gonna read it here from okay, Leviticus 19:15 judge your fellow man justly okay and the the commentators explain this to mean judge your fellow man favorably and interpret his actions and words only to the good only to the good that means we have to look at humanity as being positive people who want to do good people who 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 i mean is there anybody here OK, if I, you know, you came over and you said, you know, I need to borrow some money so that I can feed my family. OK. And then the next day I ask your child, God forbid, if any of us had. Right. Someone came over and said they needed right to, to feed their family. We give them money and then we see them the next day. We see their children. And they say, we well, haven't eaten in a week. You wonder, like, what's going on? Are they gambling the money away? Like, what are they doing? What What's happening? So we, we have to understand that there nobody wants to starve themselves or their family. Are there people that aren't well? There are some people. And it's sometimes why we listen to these stories to justify our negative, you know, our negative way of thinking. Right? So you see, there are thieves out there, there are crooks, there are people who are gambling addicts, and then they're stealing away their from their kids' piggy bank. Are there such stories? Of course there are. But the Torah says, judge every person favorably. Okay? There's another, there's actually two Mishnah's that co- contradict each other. The first says Judge every person favorably. The second says, don't judge your fellow till you're standing in their place. Which is it? Should I not judge them till I'm standing in their place? And when I am judging them, I should judge them favorably, or should I just not judge them? Which one? So our sages tell us that it's inevitable that we are judges. We mentioned this last week. It's inevitable that we are all judges. There's no such thing as a person who lives in a no-judgment world. We're all judging every day. And just to to give you an idea about this, right, we judge every day what's right and wrong for us. We're judges. We make that judgment whether or not we should get out of bed or hit the snooze button. That's a judgment we make, right? Am I going to be happy or am I going to be sad? It's a judgment. When we see other people, we're making a judgment. Should I be friendly? Should I be kind? Should I be gracious? Or should I be obnoxious? That's our judgment that we make. So inevitably, we're making judgments. Torah says, be positive in your judgments. Right? When you talk positively, you'll be positive. When you act positively, you'll be positive. When you think positively, you'll be positive. And when you judge others positively, you'll see positive in other people. Okay? It really is, is such, a, it's such a fundamental perspective in Judaism. Try to come up with a reasoning. So they, oh, just a few examples here. Instead of faulting a friend for not calling you back when she said she would, right, you could think maybe she tried to call me back, but I was on the other line. Or... Maybe she received an important phone call just as they were dialing my number. Instead of faulting your spouse for being late again, which my wife could do to me because we've already established that I'm punctually challenged. So you could think, I'm not time challenged like you or she is, but how much have I really changed in my own ingrained bad habits? It's very easy to castigate someone else. Look at them. Look, they, they, I can't believe it. There's they're, right? But how much of my own did I change? And sometimes they're not as uh, visible. Instead of faulting a repairman for not coming when he said he would, leaving you sitting at home all afternoon waiting, you could think his previous client may have had a more complicated job than expected. Or when he went to phone me that he'd be late, he couldn't find my number or his cell phone battery was low. These are all real things that happen to us. I have so, someone who wants, once wants told me, he says, Rabbi, I have no problem. I said, I have no problem if you don't show up. Just call me. And I try to explain to him, yeah, ideally that's, that would be great. But when a crisis comes to you and someone needs you immediately, which happens many times, and I have to just drop everything and go sit and talk to the person or you know deal with the case, I it's like, It takes your full resources and you, you get, you know, so yeah, could we text them? Ideally we should, but that's not always possible. Sometimes I've had many times where i leave my phone at home. I leave my phone in my car so I can focus (laughs) on what's going on. And then you can't say, Oh, just give me one minute. I'm going to run to my car, text the person, you know, especially when someone's in a serious crisis, that's not possible. So the tool of judging people favorably is all in our mind of how we're going to look at the world. Imagine the following, okay? Imagine your mother. Mother's a good woman, a righteous woman. She raised you. She took care of you. She fed you. She taught you how to use a spoon, right? She taught you everything you know, okay? And she does something that is hurtful to you, okay? But you know your mother, and you know your mother doesn't hurt people. She's so calm. She's so gentle. She's so pleasant to other people. That's not who she is. So you'll overlook it while you overlook it, because I know that this is not the way she is. She is not a difficult person in the sense that she does. Perhaps, okay, I don't know. I haven't had the privilege of meeting your mom yet. What our Mishnah says is judge the whole person favorably not every person you can read it two ways it can either be judge every person or judge the whole person favorably meaning you have to see the full picture of who the person is for example someone who's always meticulous and careful with every single penny and you see them being not so careful you know that they're always very careful on every single penny they're meticulous and suddenly, you see them being not so careful. What is that telling you? <laughs> I had a guy actually call me up. This, this is an individual who did, did very well in business. And he would support his mother. He would support his mother very generously. He would send her money every month. He'd pay her rent. He'd pay for her, the dog walker. And he'd pay for her medical bills. and would pay, pay for this, pay for that. And then she said to him, you know, I need to get my teeth done. He said, teeth done? You don't have teeth. She was 90 in her 90s. You don't have teeth. What are you talking about? She says, no, I need to get my teeth done. Okay, so he, how much do you need? She needs another $500. No problem. He sent her another $500. And then the next month, she says, I still need to get my teeth done. He says, one second. I sent you an extra $500 last month. What's going on? She says, yeah, I ended up, whatever. I need to do it again. Okay? And, for a se- and he used to call me and vent vent. He's like, she's a thief. She's a crook. She lies to me through my eyes. He says, I don't mind giving her the money, but don't lie to me to my face. And he would get very upset. Now I would always say, listen, we have to judge the whole person. He says, look, as a child, she lied to me too. (laughs) He says her whole life, she was a liar. That's what he said. He said, but she's still my mother. So I want to help her out. And now you have to understand that's a very challenging situation. How does such a person judge favorably? He says she was always a gold digger. He says she's, this is the way she is. This is what she always did. She'll take advantage of anybody. And this is the way the son sees his mother. That's very challenging. Okay? I'm not saying that she's a rotten person. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that it's very difficult for someone in that situation to find a positive way to judge. Someone who he knows so well. Because he also has the whole background of all of those years of the same experience. Now, if the opposite is true, where you know the person as being a good person through and through, and now they're displaying a challenging situation, so it's very easy, or it's not easy, but it's easier where you can just say, you know what? I know this person for many years, and they've always been very honest, very straightforward. They've always been, right? There must be something here that I don't know. And you can leave it at that. I shared with you the story of the past. So I'll just uh, refresh your, this, the story. It could be using in a different class to begin with, so please forgive me. So I was in shul one Friday night, um, and this is shortly after I had given a class on this topic. This is many years ago. So about 25 years ago. I was a young student in yeshiva. And it was my turn to talk about a, a Mida a trait. And I spoke about this topic. Judging people favorably, I said to come up with a story, come up with some type of rationalization, right? Okay, so Friday night, I'm standing in synagogue. It's pretty full. And there's not really many seats available. So I take my sitter and uh, my prayer book and I'm, you know, putting it on the shelf on the side of the synagogue, and I'm praying. And, you know, they're singing the songs of Lachadodi, and I'm strolling back and forth singing the song, and as I get back to my spot where I'm standing, I see my sitter is gone. didn't fall. It's not on the shelf. The shelves are empty. No more the place is packed. I see a guy walking away. He's with my sitter, using it for himself. Okay, a little obnoxious, but okay, judge, judge favorably. Okay. So there's no more <coughs> siddhas. I'm looking around. I take a is right, so I can look at this week's Torah portion, you know, while I'm praying. I know the prayers by heart. If there's no sitter, you could pray by heart. Okay. So I open up the Chumash. I'm looking at this week's Torah portion, and we're singing the songs of L'Chadodi, and I'm walking back and forth, you know, the aisle while I'm thinking about, you know, I come, I'll turn around, and the same guy took my chumish and sat, sat down. I'm like, well, what in the world is going? I mean, it's not like it's like, it's obvious that it's me, okay? It's pretty obvious, I think, to most people. But I have to judge favorably. I have to judge favorably. So what I did, and I've done this many times since, is I asked Hashem to give me a rationalization. Give me a positive way to, to, to figure out that this person didn't do something evil, didn't do something bad. So Hashem gave me an idea, and I said, I'm going I'm to make up a story and I'm going to stick with this story. And my story was that this person's wife just gave birth right before Shabbos, and he came back a few minutes before Shabbos, and it's all hectic and all chaos, and he has other kids at home, and he doesn't even know where he is right now. He doesn't even know what's going on. And sure enough, that was the story I came up with, and I'm sticking with that story. At the end of davening, you know, when they make all the announcements, this guy goes over to the Gabbai of the Shul, who makes all the announcements, and he whispers something into his ear, and the Gabbai gives a big bang on the bima, and he says, Mazel Tov, just before Shabbos had a baby, and they made it back just in time, right before Shabbos, and tonight there's going to be a celebration in their house, and I was elated with joy. I was like, "Ah." Oh, Hashem listened to my prayer, and I was able to judge this person favorably. And it was like, what random likelihood, what is the likelihood that you come up with the, same, with the right story? And one of the things that I found is that when you try to make up a story to find the benefit in another person, you'll see that many times you'll be right. I mean, just go, go crazy. Figure out something positive about the person try to twist the story as senseless as it may seem make up a story and you'll see that more times than not you are right and and think it, it could be a crazy story and ask the people follow up after and you you don't have to accuse them you just say listen I'm trying I'm working on a trait of judging every person favorably you told me you were going to call me at 9 you didn't call me i just want i, I think you're a great person i know you're always responsive. You're, why did you call me? I just want to see if my judging favorably, you know, I came up with a story that something very important came up and you were, you know, too busy to call. She so said, that's right. That's exactly what happened. I was actually thinking that I needed to call you, but I couldn't because guests came to the house and, you know, I was like, right? you'll see it's, it could be very satisfying uh, when you guess the right judgment it really is a special thing, right. So the question is also, how do we deal with people who are younger than us, or children they're distracted with many different things, and you know we can ask them for certain to do to fulfill certain responsibilities, and they don't. they say, Yeah, I'll take care of it, and they don't. And how do we deal with those types of situations when we have expectations that have been made very clear? like I have with my children all the time. I tell my daughter, okay, so you're going to do this and that? And then she doesn't. And, and I'm like, didn't, didn't we discuss this? She's like, what? Right? Yeah, I'm sure we all, right? Yeah. Uh, but, and she's not lying. I, I really believe that she has no idea what I'm talking about because she just wasn't there when I said it the first time. She wasn't there. So what I try to do is I try to have her repeat it to me so I don't get into a situation of uh, frustration. But I say, okay, what did I say? You take that out of the oven in 20 minutes and you feed the kids so that it doesn't burn, right? Oh, let, me, let me hear, what, what are you doing? And then she'll say, okay, at three o'clock, I take it at yes, exactly, exactly, right? Now, even then, we, we all make mistakes. We're human. I want to step back a second. Well, we have to realize that this world is a workshop, it's one big workshop. We're not in this world to just live life. We're here in this world to perfect ourselves, to become better people. And we will all be challenged with certain situations that come up that will test us. And when you have a case of judging someone favorably that, come, that presents itself before you, it's a test in that workshop of life of how you are going to deal with this case, okay? It's a live, a living scenario that comes to your door. And we have these dozens of times a day where we need to make certain judgments. We need to make certain decisions based on the information we have. And we, the, the first thing that we're learning here is we don't always have all the information. And that's the most important thing. Is only you can only make a decision based on the information you have, but you don't have all the information. And even when the person tells you that you have all the information, you still don't have all the information. So I'll give you an example. Someone says to you, "This happens many times when people are trying to make a surprise birthday party for someone." So they say, (laughs) "Wait a second! Didn't you tell me you were going to?" "Yeah, someone came over, and this and that." And that was neither true. Really, in two days, you'll see that it was all a surprise birthday party. Right? Many times, and you have all of these you know, inconsistencies that come up, and they're like, what's going on with you? And they don't realize that you're really planning this beautiful birthday for them, a surprise birthday. You told me you're going to be here. You weren't there. You were, right? you were someplace else. Right? There was a, a, um, a story I, I, I read recently of a young man who wanted to propose to this young lady who he was dating. He says, you know, he's making this whole plan and he called her best friend over to the house to you know, to help with surprising, the, you know, doing the whole proposal and everything. And he texts the girl he's dating. He says to her, you know, where are you? And she says, I'm with my friend shopping. The friend was with him right there in front of him. Meanwhile. She just was surprising him. He wasn't aware of that, right? And and later on, she, you know, he confronts. He's like, "I'm calling off this uh, proposal because she's lying to me. Clearly, she's lying to me." And then when she came, he's like, "Where were you?" She's like, "I was with my friend." What are you talking about? Your friend was here, and it was a a, a, an eye opening situation where sometimes we don't realize that the other person is trying to do something special for us, and we can fall into that trap of judging. Them negatively, so uh, judging other, others favorably does not preclude self-protective actions and positive steps to redress wrongs. By uh, judging others favorably, doesn't mean to leave your $300 iPod on your desk when you go to the restroom. It means that if you don't find your iPod where you're sure you left it, every, uh, check every drawer and pocket before you start suspecting your fellow workers. Often we are sure and wrong. How many times does that happen to us? We end up and we start thinking already, uh uh-oh, someone stole it. And then we look in our bag and we find it there. Why is the first thing to judge? I can't believe it. They're so dishonest. They just walked over to my desk and took my phone. And meanwhile, we didn't realize we already put it in our bag. So again, it's retraining the way we judge, retraining the way we think. So there are many, uh, there's a, actually a fabulous book. It's called The Other Side of the Story. Uh, it's a green book. I, I have it back in Houston. I, I couldn't find it here by my in-laws. But it's a great book on, you know, stories and strategies of how to judge people favorably. Okay, so there's there are a couple of, I would say, three good tools that we need to use to, to not judge people in a negative way. The first is to stop applying a double standard. Many of us judge others severely while we have a host of excuses for our own reprehensible behavior. For example, we grumble about other drivers who double park their cars and thus block a whole lane. But when we do, it's okay because my son is just jumping into the car. For one minute, (laughs) he's just going to go pick up a dry cleaner. He's just going to go do something else and for me it's okay it's just a second like relax take it easy but someone else were like this is this is you know you're so inconsiderate of other people right so don't allow double standard if it happened to you you'd say yeah it's just a second just relax so relax for other people don't judge your friend until you reach their place like we said previously this is the jewish version right dating back 1800 years of don't judge your friend until you've walked a mile right? In their shoes, right? This means that even when another person has done something culpable, consider the possibility that you would have done likewise if you would have been in the same situation. Your employee, or coworker quits and takes a better paying job showing no loyalty to the company that gave him his start. This happens so many times. I've heard so many stories of this, okay? Before you say, I wouldn't do that, think, But would I do that if I had his mortgage, his debts, and his size family? I have heard from people who said to me, I don't know what to do. If someone you know, someone who's close with your organization, this is what they've done to us. And I don't know, you know, and they tell me the story of how they quit their job to take another job. They're so disloyal. They left us in shambles. I can't believe they would do such a thing to us. And then I would ask them a little bit about how they got their job. And they said, oh, I was in a different company. And, you know, is was this and that. And I left for this job because it was a better. You did the same thing. You did the exact same thing. But it's uncomfortable when you're on the receiving end of it. Did they owe you anything? Did they have any contract that they broke? No. But it's not menschlich. It's not the right thing to do. It's not the. Well, they have responsibilities. They have things they need to. So that's the. We have to consider whether or not if this happened to us, would we do the same exact thing? And many times the answer would be yes. Okay. So it's similar to the first one. But again, let's see ourselves. Okay. And the last is admit that you don't know the whole story. That's such an important piece here. I don't know that even when you see the whole story, you're only seeing part of it because you're only seeing what your eyes allow you to see, okay? No court would render a judgment based on insufficient evidence, but we do it all the time. We see someone do something reprehensible, and we immediately decide, guilty. What do we know about the background of the situation or the person's circumstances or challenges? Conjuring up the humility to admit, I don't know, can save us from judgments that are severe and wrong, right? this is a very uh, important thing, is that we are very confident with our own perspective. Right? Mm-hmm. I know, because I saw, I was there. Right, but how much, how much information are we missing from that exact story? Last week we gave that example with the, with the wedding hall, with where, where the family, right? and we were all confident that we knew this guy is wrong. He's a thief, he's a crook, he's a And little did we know, there was a whole nother part of the story. And all of us could have contributed to that campaign. All of us could have been attending that wedding. And all of us could have been dead wrong on our judgment. Unless we're willing to admit, you know what? I don't know the whole story. And if I'm willing to accept that I don't know the whole story, it'll be much easier for me to not judge people in a negative way. Right? There are thousands and thousands of stories uh, that occur every day where people are being judged. And could have been judged positively. They're being judged negatively because we don't know the story. And we walk around with these feelings about them. I can't believe they didn't invite me to their I had a guy yesterday tell me. I was visiting, social distancing of course, with a friend here who lives near my in-laws in Passaic, New Jersey. And he was telling me about someone who uh, didn't get invited to their daughter's uh, wedding. He didn't get invited. I said, you know, they were very insulted, very hurt. I thought we were closer than that. I thought, you know, why, you know, why wouldn't you invite me to your daughter's wedding? She says, I invited you to the wedding. Right? Three months later, they got the invitation. Someone said, my sister-in-law was telling me, that her son's bar mitzvah, one of her friends, told her she was visiting with another friend. And they said, you know, why don't we go to the bar mitzvah? Shabbos morning, why don't we go to the bar mitzvah? She says, ah, I'm uncomfortable, even though I know it very well. But she didn't invite me. She invited invite me to the bar mitzvah. She said, so just come anyway. No, she didn't invite me. I'm not going. She says, I did invite her. I didn't invite her. I absolutely did. She checked her. And by the way, I had this with my son's bar mitzvah. I got many people's envelopes back. And what I did was I took a picture of the envelope. Even if I got it back after the bar mitzvah, I would send them a text. that I, I want you to know I got your invitation back. You were invited. I wish you would have joined me joined our family, I'm so sorry that you didn't get it on time for the bar mitzvah. These things happen. See, the U.S. Postal Service is not exactly the most efficient agency in the world. So sometimes the envelope will get lost and they can get it years later sometimes. And, and it, we, the question really is, why do people want to feel, I can't believe they would do that to me. I can't believe it. Well, do people want to feel that way? So why do people rush to that judgment? Like, the rabbi didn't greet me when I walked into synagogue. He didn't know that my daughter had a baby. Why wouldn't he say Mazel Tov? Why wouldn't they include it in the announcements? Most likely, because they didn't know about it. It it doesn't have to be a whole complicated, you know, convoluted story, right? Most of the times, it's very simple things. You know why they didn't visit you when you were sick? They didn't know about it, okay? So I actually had once a story where someone was sick in the hospital and they called me to come visit them. They said, please, Rabbi, I don't have any people. I want you to come visit me if you can. And I came to visit them and they were sleeping. I came, I asked the nurse, when are they going to be up? They like, said, I don't know. She's dozing in and out, And I don't, you know. Okay, I came, I was there. I didn't think twice about leaving my business card there, like informing them that I was there. I said, I told the nurse to just let them know that Rabbi Wolby came, right? A little while goes by. I don't hear from them. I call them in the hospital. They're like, yeah, hello. Like, and they're very disappointed. You can hear it in their voice. Like, they've been built up. It's been built up. I'm like, what's going on? I said, you sound like you're upset. Well, I asked you to come visit me. You never visit me. I said, well, guess what? I did. I actually even told your nurse that I remembered the name. I said, I told your nurse to remind, to tell you when you woke up that I was there. Well, she never said anything. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to try to come back again. I came back again and they were sleeping again. <laughs> this time I left my business card there on the table. On their table, I said, yeah, you're putting a business card in so they know I was here. And you know, they called me after and they said, okay, I'm sorry that I missed you when you were here. But sometimes people rush to judgment. I, I don't understand why people want to feel. It. I think it's because we want to, We're very comfortable with how we see things. And when the circumstances aren't exactly the way we think them, sometimes we don't want to let go of how we saw it. Maybe it's an oversimplification of the psychology here. We want to become people who are seeing the world in a beautiful light, who see every circumstance as a circumstance of goodness, not of challenge, not of negativity. We want to be like that. And so this is a great tool our sages give us of positive thinking, okay? When you start thinking that people are good and people want to do good and people don't want to, right? Then it gives you a, a, a happiness and a joy in how you live your life every day.